I'll be reading Proverbs chapter 1, verses 1 to 7. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, for attaining wisdom and discipline, for understanding words of insight, for acquiring a disciplined and prudent life, doing what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. Let the wise listen and add to their learning, and let the discerning get guidance. For understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. Uh, the second reading is from Proverbs chapter 9, which is on page 454. <clears throat> Wisdom has built her house. She has hewn out its seven pillars. She has prepared her meat and mixed her wine. She has also set her table. She, is, she has sent out her maids, and she calls from the highest point of the city, let all who are simple come in here, she says to those who lack judgment. Come, eat my food and drink the wine I have mixed. Leave your simple ways and you will live, walk in the way of understanding. Whoever corrects a, a mocker invites insult. Whoever rebukes a wicked man incurs abuse. Do not rebuke a mocker or he will hate you. Rebuke a wise man and he will love you. Instruct a wise man, and he will be wiser still. Teach a righteous man, and he will add to his learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. For through me your days will be many, and your years will be added to your life. If you are wise, your wisdom will reward you. If you are a mocker, you, will, you alone will suffer. The woman folly is loud. She is undisciplined and without knowledge. She sits at the door of her house on a seat at the highest point of the city, calling out to those who pass by, who go straight on their way. Let all who are simple come in here, she says to those who lack judgment. Stolen water is sweet. Food eaten in secret is delicious. But little do they know that the dead are there that their guests, sorry, that her guests are in the depths of their graves. Okay, here's my big question for the whole book of Proverbs. I'm going to graph with this every week. The question is, are you wise or are you a fool? I'll rephrase that. Do you want to be known as a wise man or a wise woman or a fool? If I ask people to describe you, would you say, oh, he's such a wise person. He's the kind of guy I would go to for advice. She's the kind of woman that I want to model my life on. They're just wise or are you the kind of person where people look at you and they sort of, they snigger behind your back and they say, oh, you make such foolish decisions. Uh, 
if she hadn't bought that house, if she hadn't gone out with that guy, if he hadn't uh, spent his money on that, uh, would people describe you as wise or, or foolish? That is really the big question that Proverbs ask you each week. You see, every minute of every day, we make choices. You choose what to allow to infiltrate your brain. You choose who you listen to, what you read, what you watch, and then you choose what to do with that information. You make a choice. How is that going to impact me? Who am I going to hang out with? How am I going to spend my time and my money and my skills? And, and every day is this complex web of choices. Because that's life, isn't it? Life is this everyday, complex, messy maze. Now, looking back over the last few years, I, I have made decisions in my life. And looking back on it, I think, that was such a foolish decision. And then I lived with the consequences. Or, or, have you ever done this? You've, you've kind of replayed a conversation. You think... If only I hadn't said that, then I wouldn't be living with the consequences. Because every day we do things and we say things that have consequences for the rest of our life. They'll either be wise or they'll be foolish. And so we need to learn. We need to be discerning about how to best navigate this maze called life. And that's what Proverbs is about. It's kind of a a reference book for the, the best way, the right way, the most godly way, the wisest way to live your life. And it tackles all kinds of areas. It, it, it tackles your work life, your money. It tackles your sex life, your family life, your friendships, poverty, pride, humility, injustice. Every aspect of life is here in the book of Proverbs. You see, Proverbs put it very simply, you could leave here at the end of these sermon series wiser or even more of a fool. Because the reality is that we've got these competing voices every day. Chapter 9 of Proverbs calls them these two ladies, Lady Wisdom and Dame Folly. And both Wisdom and, and Folly, they're inviting you to have a a friendship with you, an intimacy with them. They want you to eat with them and hang out with them and they want to shape your life and they want to determine how you live and they're the people telling you what to do, how to think, how to react. And the question is, who will you listen to? Chapter 9, verse 1, Wisdom, she's built her house. She's prepared her meal for you. Verse 3, she sent out her maids and she's calling to you, let all who are simple come in here, come eat my food. Leave your simple ways and you will live. Walk in the way of understanding. It's saying there's a voice out there that is full of wisdom. And it's beautiful. Telling you the right way to live. But there's another competing voice. And she is called folly. According to verse 13, she's loud, boisterous, domineering. She's undisciplined. But she's very, very seductive. She's calling out to those who pass by, come in here, eat with me. Verse 17, stolen water is sweet and food eaten is secret is delicious. You can kind of, you can sense the, the naughtiness 
the temptations of that worldly thinking. It's naughty, but it's nice. And that's the voice of folly. Let me say, the reason that people walk away from Christ, or the, pe- the reason that people stumble in their Christian life, or, or, or the reason that people slip into ungodliness, if you trace it back to its very origin, it would be some foolish decision they took. Something stupid they said or something stupid they did. A choice to start a, a foolish relationship or making a foolish choice about words, money, or time which led to sin. Folly is not sin, but folly often leads to sin. People make stupid, foolish financial choices. They listen to the world that says you must own your own home. And so they mortgage themselves up to the hilt and then they, they work these stupid hours to try and pay for that mortgage. And their marriage suffers and their church life suffers and their generosity suffers and they just drift and drift and drift. And they've been foolish. They've listened to the world. People make foolish choices over friendships, who they hang around with. I can just join in with the gossip and the slander and the bit of deceit. And you know, I'm a Christian, so I'll be okay. But it's foolish. And bit by bit, they start to drift and slip into that gossip and slander and deceit themselves. People make foolish relationship choices. I I can spend all this time with this person who has a different worldview and different priorities, and I'm strong, and they're not strong, because folly is shouting at them 24-7. And what this book of Proverbs does, it says, just be wise who you choose to listen to and hang around. Because you've got this background noise 24-7, the world shouting at you, drowning out the word of God, and Lady Wisdom doesn't get a look in. That's Proverbs. It's going to teach you, train you, correct you, rebuke you how to live a wise life. It's called the wisdom literature. Like Job is wisdom. Job gives you wisdom how to cope with suffering. Uh, Ecclesiastes gives you wisdom how to make sense of this apparently meaningless life. And Proverbs is just wisdom for life in general. As you approach this book, uh, please don't approach it a bit like a lecture. You know, you sit in a lecture hall and someone just talks at you for hours and hours and hours and you you write your assignment and you do your exam and that's not this kind of book. This kind of book is you're sitting in front of an open fire on the rug and there's your grandfather. And your grandfather has lived life and he's been godly and he's kept Christ at the centre And he's experienced the highs and lows. And he's made foolish choices. And he's teaching you. He's talking to you. He's imparting that wisdom to you. That's Proverbs. Learning from experience. The repeated phrase is, listen, my son. Uh, 1 verse 8, listen, my son. 1 verse 10, listen, my son. 1 verse 15, listen, my son. It's that pleading, that passion. Please listen, because you're living in a world where there are voices out to try and grab your attention. Listen to me. 
as to how to live life, how to avoid the pitfalls, how to achieve the success. Please be careful who you listen to. Just two questions tonight. Why should you bother reading or listening to Proverbs? What's the, what's the purpose of Proverbs? And the answer is because you want to be wise. Now look at chapter 1, verse 2. The Proverbs of Solomon, most of, most of them are written by Solomon, not all of them, but most of them by Solomon. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, for attaining wisdom. Now, what is that word wisdom? What does it mean? You know, that Christian phrase, oh, he's so wise, or pray for wisdom. What does that mean? Who do you think are the wise people in your life? Just because somebody is old, does that make them wise? Let me tell you, I know a lot of older people who, despite their years, are fools. Does education make you wise? If you've got a degree or a PhD, does that mean you're naturally wise? No. I know a lot of very well-educated people who are utter fools. So what is wise? What is wisdom? Here's the best sort of definition I could come up with. Wisdom is biblical, practical knowledge. Uh, wisdom is the, the ability to, to look at a situation to read it lightly and be very discerning as to what to say, what not to say, how to respond, how not not to respond. Wisdom is the ability to, to make a good choice and a right response that will honor your creator. That is wisdom. Keep your head, think shrewdly, speak or act in a way that respects other people and honors your God. It's that practical wisdom that will help you to avoid the pitfalls of life and give you the skills to cope when those pitfalls arrive. That's wisdom. Someone said this, Proverbs were written to educate us for life. To educate you for life. So what will a wise person look like? Let's look at some of the words used here in the prologue. It says, for attaining wisdom and, and discipline. And that's the, a corrective word. For acquiring a disciplined life. Now, see, the wise person invites and loves to be corrected. The wise person doesn't think that they know it all about everything. The wise person is willing to hear the rebuke, hear the correction, because they know they're not perfect. Do you spot that in chapter 9, verse 8? It says, do not rebuke a mocker. He'll hate you. But rebuke a wise man and he will love you for it. You know the kind of person when you sit them down and you've spotted a persistent character trait which is ungodly. And you're bold enough to sit them down and try and correct them or rebuke them. And you get one of two responses. Some people are humble enough to listen and say, thank you so much for pointing that out. 
I do need to change that behavior. I do need to change the way I'm living in that, that, that area of life. Well, there are some people, when you try and correct them, they sort of sit there like this. Who are you to tell me how to change my life? I've got it sorted. How dare you try and correct me? Now, that man or that woman, the Bible would call a fool. Because none of us are perfect. And we all need people to discipline us, to correct us, and to rebuke us. And the wise person is willing to listen. The wise person, according to verse 3, is looking for a prudent life, doing what is right and just and fair. That word prudent just means that you are shrewd, that you, you learn to make carefully considered decisions where you think about the implications. You're not reactive. You can spot what is right. You can spot what is wrong. You can spot what is just and unjust and fair and unfair. The prudent person is very cautious as they walk through life. The prudent person is actually the person who learns to listen before they speak. The prudent person is a person who thinks about the implications before they act. About five years ago, I was looking to buy a unit here in Kiribili or around this area. As you know, property prices are ridiculous around this area. I went to a mortgage broker and you know, gave him my salary package and he worked out what I could borrow. And you know, He said, you could do this. You could buy your unit in Kiribili, you could take on this mortgage with these repayments, and you could do it. And I could have done it. And the world would tell me I should do it. You know, get on the property ladder, that's really important for your security. But as I looked at it, I thought, I could do that, but the consequence would be I'd have no money left for hospitality, I'd have no money left for generosity, to give to others, and my whole life will be shackled by this property. And the prudent thing was to say, no, I'm not going to buy. I'll continue to rent, to be generous and hospitable, and to give to others. That's prudence, thinking of the consequences of the decisions that you make. Uh, the wise person, according to verse 4, recognizes that they're simple. <laughs> It's not nice to be called simple, is it? Forgiving prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. He's not talking about your intellect. To be called simple means that you, you long to learn. You want others to teach you and to train you. It always staggers me that we live in a church, we're part of a church, where we have people who are very successful in all these areas of life. And yet others are not wise enough to seek their counsel when they're going through the same stages of life. We've got people here who have raised kids, good, godly kids. And yet when people are having their children, they don't stop and think, oh, maybe I should sit down and talk with these people about what the best way to parent is. We've got people here who are very financially savvy, and yet other people make stupid financial decisions because they don't talk to each other. Uh, to be 
simple means I'm not too proud to ask you. I'm not too stupid to listen to you. That is the wise person. But the wise person also needs to keep on learning. Verse 5, let the wise listen and add to their learning. You ever met those people who think they know it all? They think they know the answer to everything. And the Bible calls them the fool. One of my favorite Proverbs is Proverbs 26, verse 12. He says, Do you see a man wise in his own eyes? There's more hope for a fool than for him. That's the warning, isn't it? If you wake up tomorrow morning and you look in the mirror and you go, Oh, thank you, God. I'm such a wise person. I've made a great choice in my marriage partner. I've made a great choice with my career. I'm so wise as I, who, I, who I hang around and the money that I spend. I'm such a wise person. And the Bible says that's the first sign that you really are a fool. Because the wise person says, I've never made it. I've got to keep on learning and keep on being corrected. So what I'm saying, friends, is if you want to be wise, you need to be willing to learn, willing to be rebuked and corrected, humble enough to say, I don't know it all, and shrewd enough to say, I need help just to navigate this maze called life. But that's not just Proverbs. Proverbs is not just good advice. It's not kind of the, the Dr. Phil for the Israelites. This book is about living, living God's way. One of the key verses, 1 verse 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The fear of your maker. That word fear just means that you, you revere him, you respect him, you stand in awe of him. To fear the Lord, to come before him with, with awe and trembling and saying, you are God and I am not and you know best, and the world doesn't know best. That is the beginning of knowledge or the beginning of wisdom. It's that attitude which says, uh, Lord, I want to come to your word, and I need you to teach me. I want to know you. I want to know what's best for my life. And when, I, when I read things in Scripture that go, ooh, that hurts. Are you really asking me to make that decision, God? Because you fear him, and because you revere him, you put him and his will above the ways of the world. That's the beginning of wisdom. Because life is about honoring God, not just being popular. So here's my challenge for reading Proverbs. Chapter a day, for the month of May, and pray you'll be wiser by the end of it. A chapter a day for the month of May. And just read it going, Lord, how can I be wise? What are you teaching me here about my, my family, my work, my attitude, my actions? That's the beginning of wisdom. So how should we read it? That's the why. Here's the how. It's such a bizarre book because all these, all these short, pithy statements. Some of them profound, some are just mundane. How should you read them? Three C's for you. Carefully. As you open Proverbs, please come with a, a reflective mind. Take your time over them. Think deeply about them. Don't just skim over them. 
dig deep below the surface. They waste no words. They've been described as truth in crystallized form. Let's just look at a few of them at random. They have this sort of Hebrew poetry. So the, the second half often clarifies or intensifies the first half. Here's a few, just at random. It's one of my favorites. 11.22, like a gold ring in a pig's snout is a beautiful woman who shows no discretion. I couldn't say any better. You know, outward beauty is actually really ugly if the inner person and the character is not godly. So please don't just strive for the outer beauty. Work on your inner beauty. 15 verse 17, better a meal of vegetables where there's love than a fattened calf with hatred. What it's saying there is, I would far rather sit at a table with no cutlery, just with a bowl of vegetables surrounded by people who love me, than be invited to a feast with the finest cutlery and the finest wine and the finest food, but those relationships are marked by hatred. Now take that proverb and apply it to your life. Think carefully. What am I investing in? Surely I want to spend time with people who love. Let's take another one. 18 verse 8, the words of a gossip are like choice morsels. They go down to a man's inmost part. If your words, if your tongue is marked by telltales, if the first thing that comes out of your mouth is, have you heard? I can't believe she did this. That's going to impact you deeply. It's going to change your whole being. So avoid gossip. It's not just a surface issue. It actually changes your whole being. 18 verse 24. A man of many companions may come to ruin. But there's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. I don't care how many friends you've got on Facebook. I don't care how popular you want to be. You can have a, a whole plethora of companions. But a friend, the one who sticks by you, the one who loves you and corrects you and rebukes you, that is worth more than a thousand contacts on Facebook. Better to live in a corner of the roof than share a house with a quarrelsome wife. The grass is not always greener. <laughs> Work hard at your marriages. If you find honey, just eat enough. Too much of it and you'll vomit. Now he's not saying here, don't eat too much pudding. What he's saying is that if you find honey, if you find the pleasures of life, the luxuries of life, then don't indulge on them. Don't think that becomes the norm. Otherwise, you will fill your life with luxuries and forget the necessities. So as you read Proverbs, just read them very carefully and stop and think about your life. What's this teaching me about my tongue, about my relationships, about my attitudes? Read them carefully. Read them in context. See, in one sense, when you come to Proverbs, you throw context out of the window because each verse is an entity in itself. But on the other hand, context is so important because you need to know, listen carefully, you need to know which context to apply which 
proverb. Because they're not absolute promises for every situation. They are generalized truth. And so you take a proverb like Proverbs 16, verse 7. It says, when a man's ways are pleasing to the Lord, he makes even his enemies live at peace with him. Now that's not an ironclad guarantee that if you live a godly life, everyone will love you. That's not what the Bible says. Some Proverbs even contradict each other. Look at Proverbs 26. Proverbs 26, verse 4. It says, Do not answer a fool according to his folly, or you'll be like him yourself. Verse 5. Answer a fool according to his folly, or he'll be wise in his own eyes. So do you answer him or do you not answer him? And the question is, you need to learn to discern what kind of fool you're dealing with before you work out which proverb to give him. We do that, don't we? In in our modern-day proverbs. uh, You say to someone, oh, absence makes the heart grow fonder. But then you say to somebody else, out of sight, out of mind. It depends who you're talking to as to which proverb you quote. You might say, oh, too many cooks spoil the broth. Get out of my kitchen. (laughs) Leave this space for me. But then you turn around and say, oh, you know, many hands make light work. Come on, come and help me. So you've got to choose your context as to which proverb you quote. And then thirdly, read them Christianly. Because remember, the scriptures find their yes in Jesus. What's the purpose of the proverbs? To impart wisdom. Where is true wisdom found? The person of Jesus Christ. Luke 2 verse 40, it said, The child grew and became strong, and he was filled with wisdom. Remember the Sermon on the Mount? Whoever hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like the, the wise man. And Colossians 3 puts it well. Colossians 2 verse 3. In Christ are hidden all the treasures of wisdom. As you read these Proverbs, you're supposed to be saying, What's this teaching me about my Savior? How can I live like him? How can I live for him? What would he do? Would this bring honor to him, glory to him, fame to his name? That's wise living. How are you going to read them? Carefully, in context, and Christianly. And so the big challenge tonight is this. Here it is. Be careful who you choose to hang out with. That's really my plea for tonight. You see, Lady Wisdom makes good sense, leads to wholesome behavior. So please listen to her. It's worth much, 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 much more than a few measly hours in the company of fools. Uh, Sam has just started school. He's in kindy. Guess who he's chosen to have his closest friendship with? the naughtiest boy in class. And, you know, as a dad, I am concerned. I'm concerned about the impact that that child will have, what he'll say, what he'll do. Think back to your teenage years and when your parents let you out of the house for the first time and they're concerned because they are aware that their voice is not the only voice vying for your attention. And it's almost like you've got a heavenly father up in heaven and he said, look, I've saved you. I've adopted you. But you're in this world where you have competing voices. 
So please be careful who you choose to hang out with. I think chapter 1 sums it out well. 1 verse 10, my son, if, if sinners entice you, do not give in to them. Don't listen to them if they say, come along with us. Please don't listen to them. Listen to wisdom instead. 2 verse 1, my son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom, applying your heart to understanding, if you call out for insight, if you cry aloud for understanding, if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and then you will find the knowledge of God. I do keep meeting people who have made stupid decisions. Stupid decisions as to how they spend their time, which job to take, who to date, who to speak to, who to listen to. And you just see the, the downward spiral effect. And Proverbs is saying, be very, very wise who you choose to hang out with. Let me pray. That the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Father, we do want to revere you and respect you and submit to you as our Lord and our Father. Father, we acknowledge there are times when we don't like what the Word says. Times when we hear the competing voices of the world or friends or family. And Lord, we know that we, we want to be wise, we want to be discerning, we want to live lives which are pleasing and right and just and fair. Lord, we do want to be known as people filled with wisdom and not with folly. And so we need your help. And we ask for your help in Jesus' name. Amen.